Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life, your marriage, or your business is in a rut, this is the episode for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation with Monica Tanner. Monica is the founder of On the Brighter Side podcast, where she shares tips, tricks, and interviews with people about healthy marriages. That's right. So she uses her background in sociology and child development, as well as her own personal experience being married and being a mother of four children to help you design success for your life, your marriage, and even your business. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, or you know somebody who is interested in that, sit back, relax, and listen to the show. Unless you're at work or you're driving or something, of course, stay safe, stay vigilant, and get your work done. Here we go. Hey, Brandon, how are you doing during the apocalypse here? I am doing great, as always. Awesome. And that's good to hear. And I just realized, you know, this might air after the, the coronavirus pandemic. It might be during the pandemic. Not sure. Um, somebody might be listening to this three years after the pandemic. So they're like, apocalypse? <laughs> what apocalypse? What? What's he talking about? They can look it up in the history books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you're and, still here, it didn't affect you. <laughs> exactly. And you just heard Monica Tanner, just like I said in the introduction, and she is with us. Where are you calling in from anyway? I'm calling in from Boise, Idaho. Nice. Um, I had a friend who lived in Idaho Falls, but I think they yeah. live in Utah now. But um, so you might have known her. No I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I tried to stay away from Idaho Falls. That is the very, very, very cold part of the country, and I, like Brandon, am from Texas. So, uh-huh. so I I can do Boise because it's more mild. But I lived in Idaho Falls for about two months, and I thought that my insides were going to freeze out. So. <laughs> wow. I tried not to go there. <laughs> Gosh, I remember when, yeah, when she first moved, this is like freshman year in high school. Um, she sent all of her friends like pictures of her playing in the snow. And we're from Monterey, California at the time. Yeah. And it's like snow. We, we don't get that here ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's really cool. So that, that's neat to know that that was the colder part of Idaho. Yeah. Um, so we had you come on to the show because uh, one, you had Brandon on your show. And so it's definitely. So we knew you had good judgment, (laughs) (laughs) or you were drunk. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Did you not? Not yet. It's only eight a.m. here. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little ahead of us. Awesome. And uh, of course, you have your show uh, on the brighter side, and you have the conversation around healthy marriages, um, specifically healthy Christian marriages, too. Where a lot of um, principles around Christian marriage. How do you have those to be thriving and healthy and, and uh, long-lasting? Uh, and I'm assuming that's why Brandon had you on. You didn't brief me on this, Brandon, but I just I did my homework. So there we go. <laughs> Good job. I'm impressed. Brandon came on my show to talk about second marriages because that mm-hmm. wasn't yes. a topic that was well-represented, I noticed. And so it was really great. We got a lot of really positive feedback on that episode. So nice. Awesome. I remember um, serving with Brandon in our church that we attended together years ago. That was a big request we often got was, you know, you get a lot of resources for first-time married couples, young couples. But what about that guy who's in his 40s or 30s and they're going on to their second marriage? How do we get that one to work and not in the way the first one did? So um, very cool that he's able to share that insight. 
so Brandon, um, take it away, Monica, take it away. And I'll be here as like the heckler and um, the emotional <laughs> support. And if I think of a question that is good to throw in there or a comment, I'll be like that Andy Richter guy on whatever show he was on. <laughs> You're making some cultural references we all don't know. I'm like, who's Andy Richter? Okay. Conan O'Brien's a, show, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. The, the thing I, I really enjoyed about Monica's show, and, and the reason we connected was she had posted uh, uh, just looking for different uh, things about people who had different experiences in marriage and family and things like that. And I've talked a lot about being a step parent on second marriage and and the different things you have to navigate there sometimes I mean we would all like to say you know I met my high school sweetheart and we grew up married stay married for 50 years and you know and all that kind of thing and and those are awesome and if you can pull that off by all means do it it'll save you a lot of trouble but <laughs> if that's not the path you took then how do you navigate from where you're at? And and that's what I love about our show, but especially about her show is just where are you at right now? Rather than say, I didn't have the perfect family or the perfect marriage or the perfect start. Let's deal with where you're at. Maybe you got a broken leg. The doctor's not going to start from when you were 12. He's going to start from where your legs broke now. Let's rehab and get you stronger. And I love the, the concept of her show because it, you know, it's on the brighter side. What's the positive side of whatever we're dealing with? And that really fits our show too. So I was glad to meet Monica and, and just, her, her show comes out about, is it weekly? I believe it, it mm-hmm. pops up on my thing and then you yeah. should subscribe to it. So that way it just pops up. You don't have to remember when it comes <laughs> on, but it it's a few minutes of just positive stuff. And it's not the, oh, the world's great and everything's perfect. It's real people trying to strengthen their family, their marriage, their community, their own life. And to me, that's what we need more of, especially at this time when you can turn on the news any time of day and get a lot of bad news. So you you bring a really great alternative. So thanks for joining us today. I know it's a long intro, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about you and how this became a passion for you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for that great introduction. I'm grateful that you listen to the show and that it's and that you enjoy the positivity of it. Um, I I'll just start from when I was 12. When I was 12, my parents divorced. I think we talked about that on your episode. And um, I was a pretty precocious 12-year-old. And so that, that actually really rocked my world. And so I kind of went on this quest starting at age 12 to figure out what made marriages work and what made them strong. And so I always kind of was on the lookout for strong married couples and like what made them different and what made that work well. And so when I went to college with kind of that lens, I um, studied sociology and child development because I knew that those were going to be the two most important things I did in my marriage. And um, graduated, was about to go to graduate school in social work so that I could help marriages and families. And then I met my husband who was going to school in a different state. We got married. I didn't, I didn't, go to my graduate program. And I just learned experientially about marriage, which was crazy because I had taken all these notes. I had been this great observer. And I think those things may have helped a little bit, but I still got to learn a lot of hard lessons 
in the trenches of being married as well. So uh, kind of kind of learned all of those things. And then when my fourth and, and, and my baby finally went to all day kindergarten, um, I decided to go back to school as well to be a marriage and family counselor. So I started that program. I got three semesters in. And I would come home in tears every single day. And my husband looked at me and just said, I can't really figure out why we're spending all of this money and you come home sad. (laughs) There has to be a cheaper way to make you sad. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, I know lots of things we can do that much, much cheaper that can make you cry. So I, it was a hard decision, but I decided to drop out of the program really for the reason of I didn't love the material and I didn't feel like I could make a huge difference in the world, only seeing a few clients a week, which is what I would have to do if I was only seeing clients while my kids were at school. So I just felt like I wouldn't be able to make as big of impact as I really, really dreamed about. So I dropped out. I was really depressed because I knew I had this message inside of me. I knew I wanted to change the world. I just had no idea how to do it. So I was in a rut actually, (laughs) and a very deep rut. And I had a wonderful friend who I talk about often, amazing human being, uh, online marketer actually, who came to our house to check on our family. I told him my story because he, I'm an extrovert. I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened was I think he missed seeing me for a couple of months because I was like in my, locked myself in my bedroom, right. depressed, like totally, you know, just defeated and didn't know what to do next. So he came and checked on us. And hearing my story, he said, you need to start a podcast, which was super crazy talk to me because (laughs) I had listened to a podcast barely. I, I had figured out how to listen to podcasts. But the idea of starting my own was just blew me away. There was no way I was going to be able to figure this out. But he assured me that I could do it. He told me that the next morning he was going to send me an email with everything I needed to know step-by-step. And I was so excited to get that email the next morning. And a month later, I had the title, the topic, cover, cover art, music, everything I needed. And On the Brighter Side was born. And it was born out of all of my life experience. I had been in several ruts before. I had gone through several really difficult times in my life. And when I looked back and kind of examined all of the hard times in my life that did not kill me, I realized that I got through them by looking on the brighter side. Now, this is not like a Pollyanna, like rose colored (laughs) glasses type thing. It was all very realistic, but I had learned in my 40 years of, of life that I could a hundred percent, and this is what I teach a lot. I had a hundred percent control over how I experienced the circumstances of my life. So we all have circumstances in our life that we cannot change the ruts, if you will, but we do have 100% control over how we experience those things in our life. And so that's what I teach. That's what I'm super passionate about. And I hopefully that is the principle that I can use to change the world. 
That's such a great concept, especially during this time of uh, social distancing or lockdown or whatever you want to call it. But also just in everyday regular life, in your marriage, with your kids, with your job, your neighbors, your community, whatever it is, you have control over how you experience that. And that's why you can see one person who's happy to be in a situation and another person that's miserable. They're they're choosing their reaction to it. And I, I, to me, what makes you different or, or special or unique, however you want to put it, is you look for that little nugget. Maybe it's maybe like, oh, this is perfect. You know, we went to Hawaii and just had a perfect time and everything was was great. Or it's a real bad, 98% of it's bad, but you find that little nugget and pull that out and say, let's focus on this and try to expand that in our our overall psyche and 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 mind. And and I do that same thing a lot. It, it sometimes we have five kids, so sometimes they frustrate you or uh, maybe make you sad or mad or whatever it is. And and we try to turn that around and say, but you know, we're not sitting in the waiting room of some doctor's office waiting for a diagnosis. We're not driving to the cancer hospital and spending every dime of our savings and everything to try to keep them alive. This is a a, an, a bad issue or maybe a frustrating issue, but it's not life or death. So let's look at that nugget. And what I like about the way you present your family and your marriage is you don't try to make it look perfect. You just make it real, but you're working at it too. It's not, hey, it was great 10 years ago and we're just cruising. We every day, every week, every month, every year, we have certain things that we try to add to it to make communication better, excuse me, one of the things that you do, you and your husband do, and you'd mentioned this, I'm not sure if it was on Instagram or somewhere I saw this, maybe it was in the podcast, is is playtime, just being playful and, and joyful in whatever moment that you have alone, because you have four kids, is that right? We do, four kids, several of them are teenagers too, right. so that's definitely exciting. <laughs> You know, they're a little harder to get along with than toddlers, so you have to approach them a little differently sometimes. But how do you and your husband try to make that time together while you're both working and building something great? And how do you focus just on each other, too? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, well, that is so important because I think the majority of couples that I talk to, they're not the couples that are just right on the verge of divorce and you know their their struggles are, are so blatant. The couples that 
I work with most of the time are the couples who are just, they've gotten very complacent with their life. And, you know, he has his things that he does and she has her things that she does. And they're just like ships passing in the night. They haven't made that time for connection really, really important and a top priority, which is going to be the mark of a really, really, really strong marriage. So what I always recommend for couples is no matter where you are in your marriage, no matter what's going on, is and especially in this very, very critical time of, of quarantine and, and things changing quickly in the world, I definitely don't think we've seen the worst of this. I think that the emotional and economic ramifications of, of this pandemic are going to be very, very poignant for a lot of people. And so it's going to be really important to um you know be able to see the good but in your marriage i think it's very important and i talk about this all the time is to make 15 to 20 minutes every single day to carve that time out and make it sacred so it's non-negotiable nothing gets in the way of it whether it's going for a drive or going for a walk or locking yourselves in your bedroom together I think that it's crucial to find 15 to 20 minutes every day to just connect. The whole purpose of that time is not to talk about the teenagers. It's <laughs> not to talk about, you know, the fight that you guys had or, or any of Yes, <laughs> fine, definitely not finances, definitely not work, nothing like that. It's just to connect. So you go into that walls down, you go into that ready to listen, ready to connect and really um, and really understand the other person. And you ask your, each other questions like, how are you doing today? You know, what's been difficult for you today? What's gone well for you today? What can I do to support you in the things that you're working on? What can I do to make your life easier? And you just take a moment to get back on the same page, whatever that means for you. And then I always recommend that you end that time with physical touch. If that means a 30-second hug, if that means a great makeout session, whatever that means to kind of fill your cup, to feel supported and loved by, you know, your partner. And I always say that your marriage relationship is the absolute number one indicator of your happiness in life, of your life experience. So if you have a rocky marriage, your life is going to be, it bleeds out into business. It bleeds out into parenting. It's very, very difficult to keep all of those emotions locked away. If you're if you feel loved and supported and connected to your spouse, it makes everything else that you do in your life easier. And so that one practice, that one daily non-negotiable practice of connecting each and every day will really do wonders for everything else in your life. It's really incredible. That, that's such a great point to start that foundational side of it because it changes what kind of mom you are, employee you are, sister, brother, neighbor, you know, every, every aspect of, you know, you just go into the grocery store, it changes everything about who you are in the community and that kind of thing. So what if somebody out there is listening and they say, but I have, you know, 
for small kids and I can't carve out 20 minutes, what are you showing the kids by saying, I'm going to spend 20 minutes with just my spouse in a room and you might be beating on the door, but we're not opening the door because this is our time and, and you'll survive it. What are, you, what are you really telling the kids when you do that? Absolutely. Well, you're telling them that you are each other's top priority and that is so important in marriage. And then, you know, hopefully they'll grow up and model the same behaviors. So there's tons and tons of ways to get around young kids. You can do it after they go to bed, before you turn on your Netflix show. You know, you can do it during nap time. You can have signals. My kids learned at a very early age that when when mom and dad are in their room with the door closed, they're allowed to knock. But, um, you know, you could have a sign that you put on the door, you could put a sock on the doorknob, whatever it is to signal to your kids that this is our sacred time. And unless somebody is bleeding or broken in some way, (laughs) do not bother us, you know, and, you know, we've had to tell our kids, you know, if you bother us during this time, this time just gets longer. So if you need us for something, it's going to be like 15 to 20 minutes unless you interrupt us, it's going to go longer. So um, you're just signaling to the kids that mom and dad are really important to each other. We, you know, we um, collaborate on things, we work together on things, and this is our time to get back on the same page. And we always come out of that room better, you know, better parents, better attitudes. So it definitely is in their favor to allow us that time to reconnect. And, and you put it on one of your shows, it's, it's about self-care. You know, the stronger you are nutritionally, physically, mentally, the better you will be in every other aspect. So that is a, a almost a workout session or a time to meditate or pray or whatever you need to do because you're together. You come out of that stronger. I used to tell my kids, we have five kids, and I used to tell them, well, the reason we do it is because I hope you leave someday. I want you to move out and go do your own life. I'm hoping she stays. So I'm going to work on this relationship. And some of this will bleed off into you. But ultimately, I'm trying to spend 50, 60 years with her. And I'm hoping 18 to 20 or so. And then you go (laughs) off and do your own thing. I love the way you put that. It frustrates me when I see parents that are like, well, my kid's the most important thing in the world to me. And it's like, well, they really shouldn't be because they're going to meet some girl or some boy someday and they're going to leave you. Yeah, I love that. that I want them to leave and I hope right. that, that we both stay, right? Yes, that's exactly. perfect. And when you were talking, I loved it as I hadn't thought about this before, but when you have a, a, a workout routine, consistency is where the strength comes. You're not going to make a whole lot of significant difference if you do it once or twice and then give right. up, right? It's the, you, you gain strength through consistency. And that is the same in your marriage. If you, you know, do this once or twice and you're like, yeah, we're good. That's not what builds that strength. It's that consistency. It's that repeated understanding each other and and the inner workings of each other's world, that's going to build strength in your relationship to get you through the really hard times. So what do you tell people that say, well, my husband lives in Dallas, for instance, and works for a Methodist hospital, and he's not here. How do they connect on a daily basis? Because maybe they see each other every couple of weeks, or he just, or she travels a lot. 
Yeah. That's and so a very that's good the question, beauty. by the way. <laughs> that is a great a question. And that's the beauty of modern technology. I mean, we have apps on our phone. My husband travels as well, but we have apps on our phone like Marco Polo, which is a video conferencing app. We've got this Zoom that, you know, I have the paid version of Zoom because of what I do for work, but we can jump on a Zoom call for 15 to 20 minutes. You know, there's always going to be times and ways to connect. And sometimes you have to get a little creative with it. But I mean, a phone call, you can just have a simple 15 to 20 minute phone call. Hey, how's your day? What's going on in your world? What are you experiencing? You know, it's really important to make that time, no matter what obstacle you're facing or, or, you know, creative situation that you have to navigate through, there's always a way to connect for 15 to 20 minutes. That's a great point. I know sometimes uh, my wife travels and and is in a different time zone. Back in uh, November, my daughter and I went to Israel, and so we were quite a few hours away. But we we carved out that time to at least speak every day. Maybe sometimes the phone calls weren't that great because of connection or whatever, yeah. but at least have a conversation. And it, and if it's five minutes, it's five minutes. But that connection every day really matters. And I, I, I've tried to model that, especially for my boys, because I have four boys and one girl, but to tell them, you know, you need to make that effort. It's really on you. And I know that is probably sexist, but that's how I feel about it. As the husband, as the man, it, it is your job. I'm great that women do it too, but ultimately I think it's your responsibility. But for my daughter, I, I've tried to teach her that if, if whoever she ends up with isn't married or isn't uh, married, he shouldn't be married, but hopefully he's working to reach out to her and putting that effort into it because we model that behavior that you want them to go look for something like that. And, uh, you know, like you said, you, you came from a family that, that didn't stay married. So you went out looking for, I want to know what it is I need to do that. I get what my parents didn't have and my kids get what I didn't have. And, and sometimes we think, well, I didn't get a car when I was 16 or I didn't live in a big house or have all the amenities of the world. I want to give that to my kids. Honestly, that stuff doesn't matter. And your kids won't appreciate it the way maybe you think they will give them a strong marriage, give them strong parents, and then whatever else you give them will matter a little bit less, but it'll at least be built on a great foundation. And they'll go out and look for that. I want that type of relationship when I grow up. And and our kids have always teased us about, you know, that's icky and the things you do in the kitchen and the way you talk to each other and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I want you to be gross and embarrassing and icky when you get married. Oh, they'll have their turn. And I'm sure they appreciate it more than they ever. Our teenagers are like, ah, oh, get a room, right? We're like, exactly. this is our room. You guys get a room. <laughs> we did. You live here. We, we bought this place. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I catch them watching us. You know, I know that they, it, it gives them a sense of, peace and um, stability to see that their mom and dad care for each other like that. And, and you bring, you brought up my, my parents growing up and they are the classic example. They never fought. I never even heard them disagree about anything. Really. They just slowly fell out of love with each other because they didn't take the time every day to become intimately familiar with each other's world. They each had their own things going on and they just, you know, they kind of did their thing for years and years and years. And after they had been married for 17 years, they realized, I don't know this person. I don't care about them as much as I originally did. 
And so they just decided to go their own separate ways. It wasn't a messy divorce or anything like that. They just didn't love each other anymore. And so this is how you're going to build those really strong, unbreakable bonds. Right. That's really good. It, it's easy, to, it, just like your weight or your finances or anything else. If you just kind of wander by the gym a couple of times a year or, you know, look at your finances a couple of times a year, they're going to slowly drift off in one direction or the other. But it's not going to be you that dictates that. It's just life. And and that that happens all day, every day. You're just deciding, like you said, how you're going to experience this situation. Yeah. It's, if I hide, it'll go bad for me. Yeah, it's very important about the the intentionality behind all that. I remember with my own marriage, uh, you know, when our kids were younger, very proactive about having that alone time as soon as I got home from work to recharge with each other, then go take care of the kids. And, uh, you know, the benefit is our kids have two parents to this day who are still in love with each other, who still are connected with each other, who are still there for them uh, in, on a unified front. And, you know, but you talked about drift, you know, as the kids got older and they got busier, Lyft became their Uber, their personal Uber. (laughs) And so there was like a a small stretch where, you know, there was frustration because, you know, we felt like we were getting distant and, but we were here under the same roof, but still feeling that distance and uh, having to talk a few times like, well, you know, think about what we used to do compared to what's happening now. You know, how do we adjust so that, you're still taking the kids around on Uber um, as their Uber. And, you know, here I am at home and, you know, wondering like, where's my wife? You know, know, in my day, we sent the kids off to go do their activities. We didn't stay there (laughs) and watch them the whole time. And, you know, I don't remember my parents taking me everywhere when I was. You probably rode your bike or something. Yeah. I found my own way, you know, and, um, you know, my dad made sure I got my license when I was 16 and, you know, provided a, the, you know, we were blessed that we and had a spare. You became the Uber. <laughs> yeah, and that was my own Uber. Yeah, and and that became my friend's Uber. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll take you there for gas money. And <laughs> I, I probably was Uber before there was Uber. <laughs> so, Monica, what would you say to that couple that maybe they've been married 10, 15 years and they've just kind of slowly gone off and done their own thing and they've not built it from day one? What would you say to them today to try to get back on track? Yeah. So it's kind of the tree principle. You know, they always say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the second best time to plant a tree is right now. I mean, it's never too late. You just, you just make an, you make a course correction is what you do. I mean, it's not a huge, huge time commitment or anything. I mean, if you have to start with a few minutes every day to check in, but, um, but, but definitely add that in because over you know, 20 years, if you've been married for 20 years, there's a lot of changing and growing and different prioritizing that's going on. And it's really important to stay in touch with that. And so if you haven't, maybe your first session is going to be longer than 15 to 20 minutes, (laughs) right? Just get your partner alone, maybe go on a a little vacation together or something and, and really get reacquainted with who you're married to, because that's really important. And you know, you want to, John Gottman calls it um, uh, mapping each other's inner worlds, right? You want to have a really good map of each other's 
inner worlds. And that includes your past, your present and your future. And so, um, you know, you can do that in 15 to 20 minutes per day for sure. Um, but you know, if it's been a long time and that's not a a practice that you have, then start it. It's never (laughs) too late to start. (laughs) And Dr. John Gottman, he also has that magic ratio, right? The five to one that your spouse needs to hear five positive things from you for every one negative thing. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And that's, you know, something, something that I absolutely love the magic ratio, but, but really just looking for the good. So I set my intentions in the morning, every morning. So my husband and I have, we have our 15 to 20 minutes of daily connection time, but we also have snuggle time in the morning. We've been doing this for over 18 years. Uh, We start every single day. One of us will roll over and snuggle the other one for as long as we can before we have to get started on the day. And for me, that time is the time that I set my intentions for the day. I kind of set my brain up to work for me all day long. So I take that time and I think of all the reasons why I'm grateful for my husband, for my children, for my life, all the things. I, I, I just kind of, that's my daily gratitude practice. It's not where I um, you know, count the things that I was grateful for during the day. It's where I feel gratitude and I kind of set my brain up to look for those things all day long. And then the other thing I like to do during that time is look for really good problems to solve because your brain is a problem solving machine. That's one of its biggest jobs is to solve problems. And it left unchecked, it's going to find all kinds of problems that are just not really problems. Like you're going to see like, why did my husband not give me a kiss before he left for work today? Or why have my friends not called me and asked me to go to lunch with them? Or, you know, why is my laundry room so small? Your your brain is going to find problems to work on all day long because that's what it does. But you can actually control that by giving it good problems to solve. So the problems I look, I, I give it to solve during the day is, how can I feel closer to my spouse today? How can I show each of my kids love today in their specific love languages? How can I serve today? Like what would God put on my heart that I can do to reach out and serve someone today? Those are the kind of problems I give my brain to solve. And then when I get up and I'm going about the day, the answer to those problems just kind of pop into my brain all day long because I've set that intention. So looking for the good and giving your brain really good problems to solve is the way I kind of prime it for the day. And I forget the question that you actually asked me. <laughs> I, I think that still answered it because your, okay. your whole concept of how do I decide how I'm going to experience the day? Yes. You know, I know I have this spouse. I know I have these kids. I know I have this job or I have this problem that's that's going to present itself today. How am I going to set my mind up to deal with that? One of the things that I do every morning is run because I just really enjoy running. But then I come back that when I've been out for 30 minutes to an hour, whatever it is, I'm I'm a better person from a headspace point of view. So I focus my mind on what I want to do instead of, and I have a little bit of that ADD squirrel kind of moment. So I'm like, oh, this is a problem. And I start to focus on this problem that's not mine to deal with that Mm -hmm. really nobody cares about. And then I realize I'm putting energy into something I don't need. So I don't try to solve the world problems by watching the news and seeing all the bad stuff. I try to put these two or three things that I'm going to do today. And 
once they're done, they're done. I move on to the next thing, but I don't go out and adopt other people's problems. Yes. And that's a, a very American thing to do. I'm going to look on social media or the news and find 10 problems that don't involve me and pretend like I can solve them. Yes. I love that. I'm a runner as well. And I tell you some of the biggest uh, issues and problems of my life have been solved while running. Right. My brain works in overdrive while I'm running. So uh, I used to run without any type of devices. Now I listen to podcasts and that typically gives me, you know, on whatever subjects I'm interested in. And that helps give me lots of good ideas on how to solve problems. Um, but but yeah, it, when when I'm feeling heavy or, or burdened down with a, with a big problem I'm trying to solve, a good run without any type of, you know, with just listening to my own thoughts is a great way to solve those big problems. One of the things that you've done, not just through your podcast on the brighter side, but you've started the marriage summit and that kind of uh, precipitated me coming, being part of your podcast, but tell us a little bit about the marriage summit and, and what you're doing through that and how people can check that out. Yeah. Well, I love the marriage summit. That was the very first actual thing that I ever really put together. It was when I was like, I really want to come into this marriage space. I really want to help people with their um, with their with their marriage difficulties, but nobody knows who I am. I'm kind of I'm a newbie <laughs> in this space. And so how can I set myself up as someone who knows a thing or two about marriage? And so um, again, that same friend who taught, who, who had me start the podcast said, set yourself as an expert by interviewing other experts. And mm-hmm. so that's what the marriage summit was. I went out and I, I found all the marriage experts and gurus that I followed, not all of them, but <laughs> any of them who would talk to me. And I interviewed them on the topics that they teach about marriage. And it was amazing. So I have 30 plus, there's, I think, 34 to be exact marriage experts who came came on and talked about everything from budgeting to kids to solving problems to you know special one-on-one time all, dating all the things um, that make marriages really strong and I interviewed them and so I got I drew out all their best knowledge and that became the epic marriage summit or now I call it the epic interview series that you can get access to all the time and that's really simple you just go to www.onthebrightersideofmarriage.com backslash summit I think will take you there or epic marriage summit or something like that um, but you but you'll find it there and it's it's just all of those interviews and there's great bonuses that are available there too. I actually made a one hour video that's all 33 experts giving their absolute best marriage advice in like a little five minute segment <laughs> each. So that's a really fun um, bonus, but there's a workbook. Uh, they all, so each and every expert that came on the summit also wrote a 30 day plan. So I asked him, I said, if you had 30 days to save your marriage, what would you do? And so each of those experts wrote up a plan to save their marriage in 30 days, which is so also very valuable. I think you can get each, all of those, all 30 of those plans for like seven bucks or something. It's a really cool resource. So I had so much fun doing that. And I made some incredible relationships with some of these experts that now we go back and forth and help each other with material and things like that. So really, really fun thing. 
So, so if somebody out there is struggling in, in one way, maybe your marriage isn't terrible, but just like Monica said with her parents, it's not a, a war, but it's also just roommates. You're just living in the same space and you want more for your marriage. This is a great resource because you're talking about 30 experts that would you would buy their 30 books and sit through their seminars or whatever. That would take you probably a year or more to get through all of that. This is one seminar essentially all condensed down for you. And the 30-day plan, if if you put all your effort into something for 30 days, the chances of success are astronomical. And what matters more than the marriage that could potentially affect, or not potentially, but will affect your children's marriages, their children's marriages, and your community. You know, we we all complain sometimes in some respect about our community or our state or our country. What could be better than strong families in your community and your state and your country that come together and learn these principles and just support each other and love on each other and and divorce becomes something so rare that we just don't even really hear about it anymore. You could spend 30 days changing generations in your family and it's totally worth the effort if you get involved in that. So I would highly recommend, and, and Jerry will put this in the show notes, but on the brightersideoflife.com, you can find all of that stuff and it's all listed and, and Demonica's podcast and reach out. The thing I, I like about you too is if when I reached out, you responded, it's not, you know, a team of uh, virtual assistants and all that kind of, not that there's anything really wrong with that, but if you want to talk to Monica, she'll talk to you. You can get in touch with her. She obviously has a busy life, but she'll get back to you and she'll uh, communicate with you. But like she said, she also has a team of people she's built relationships with that maybe your specific problem would be better handled by one of these people. She'll send you over there and say, Hey, you know, go talk to Bob. And he's the guy that literally wrote the book on that issue you're dealing with and go check it out because her passion is not necessarily her it's marriages it's families and and just making an impact on the world which is why we wanted to have her on just to share that information and uh, like i said jerry will put all of that in the show notes so you can get a hold of her and uh, find out what resources she has available. So Monica, what would you say if, if somebody's been listening and they're kind of been on autopilot or they're running and they they think, what's the one thing you can do today to make the biggest impact on your marriage or your family? I would say make the commitment to do that 15 to 20 minutes every single day. I think that is the most important and it's going to move the needle the most of anything you can really do. And you don't even have to like, you don't even have to like tell your spouse like what's happening or, you know, <laughs> get them on board or anything. I mean, just really just like, hey, can we have 15 minutes together? Right. Like, let's go in our room. Let's go for a, invite them to go for a walk or go get a milkshake, whatever it is, you know, whatever his favorite or, or if it's a woman or a man, whatever, whatever your spouse's favorite thing is, invite them to do that with you and just take that 15 to 20 minutes and you can set the pace for the conversation. You know, ask them, you know, what they're experiencing, ask them how they're feeling, ask them what they're looking forward to, ask them those questions. And then it's amazing 
most people are not just going to answer the questions and be done with the conversation. Typically, they'll ask you back. Right. And so you can model for them this behavior. And then it, it will, you know, maybe at the end you say, that was really fun. Maybe we can do that again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. So it doesn't have to be this huge thing that you schedule into your calendar. Just in the back of your mind, know that you don't want to end the day without having that 15 to 20 minutes of connection with your spouse. That's such good advice. And I, I love the way you put that. You can go out in the backyard, go in your room, sit at the table, whatever. It doesn't have to cost money or even effort. Just be somewhere where it's just the two of you. And uh, you, like you said, don't put it, get them on board. Just, just ask them. It's not a police interview. It's just a conversation. <laughs> so don't drill them with questions. Yes. So if, if people want to just stop by your house and maybe say hi, what's your home address that we could give out? And just tell everybody? <laughs> don't do it, Monica. Don't do it. <laughs> That's I, I keep trying question. every episode. Jerry's going to finally get it on there somewhere. But thanks so much for joining us. And I know it took a little while for us to get uh, connected and uh, scheduled for this, but we really appreciate your your effort, but also your passion and what you're doing in the world because it's making it better for all of us. So we really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm sure the timing was just perfect. Absolutely. Except when I hit the microphone with my hat. <laughs> now, if you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 225. There you'll find a link to Monica's website as well as some other resources and past episodes related to the same topic. We're so glad you joined us this week, and the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. That's right. I don't know why we say neighbor across the street, but it just—it was something I blurted out with Jared Easley from Podcast Movement, and it, it just stuck. Uh, now, until next week when we come back, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.